Hey, what is good, people? Episode 54, Sports Debate Tuesday. Episode starts right now. What's well, good, people? This is episode 54. This is Sports Debate Tuesday, along with my man Rob. Keep it. McLean, McLean, I am Jason DeBeas. Thank you for having us in your living room or what have you. Um, I was going to sing um, Hate of the Love of the Underdogs on top because I think Tom Brady was an underdog for uh, Saints and for Green Bay. And I think a, a, an underdog for this. So, man. And it was so, uh, Rob, it was so crazy, man, because I was going to pick Kansas City with you last week. And then I woke up in the morning and, and I told myself, I said, self, never bet against Brady. So, so all right, right, people, that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> of course, we're going to have that a little bit there. We're going to we're going to talk about ideal landing spots. Deshaun Watson says he wants to be traded. That was a week ago, and, we were, and we're going to talk about uh, uh, good landing spots for him. It's also trade rumors about Carson Wentz. So we're going to do some have have fun with the hypotheticals. Got a good to shame and no to shame. Got two categories. Of course, great question. But Rob. Oh, of course, the UFC happened this weekend. We got two new big paper, two pay-per-views coming up, I think, in consecutive weeks. Woo! Um, but Rob, first things first. Super Bowl, 54. Or was it 54? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks put a hurting on the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9 to defense. Wow. This is Brady's seventh Super Bowl victory and his 10th appearance. His fifth MVP. He got Super Bowl MVP. And maybe you and me could play around at the end like who else probably could have been considered if not him. Um, but the first question is, Rob, was this great Bucks or was this bad Chiefs? And I use the term bad loosely. Yeah, and, and I want to use it loosely as well. And it's nothing to... Um, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, they played fantastic on both sides of the ball. So, so uh, in that essence, it could absolutely be good Tampa Bay because at the, you know, if, uh, if, if gold, uh, gold state, if uh, Kansas city, you know, if they played their best ball, they could have still lost, you know, I think Tampa played just such a great game. It, it's hard to, you know, take away from them. And, you know, I think the question also goes on to, you know, was it, not unfair, but, you know, usually they try to keep it in a neutral field. This is one of the first times where, uh, you know, the Super Bowl has been where uh, one of the teams playing in it has, has uh, you know, had home field advantage. So, um, you know, tough, tough, tough game. I think at the end of the day, when you look at the personnel that was on the field, um, the very first thing I look at is the trenches. And I think defensively, they both had great um, – great pieces. And I think in the beginning of the year, Tampa Bay had a lot of questions on their offensive line, but they, they answered them, you know, through the season, Kansas city, on the other hand, they had lost their, you know, could have possibly been their best offensive lineman. Um, and they had to do a lot of shifting and yeah, honestly watching that game all, all day long. Uh, it wasn't fun to watch because it wasn't really offense. It was just, you know, one guy running for his life and you know, trying to you know, put the ball in somebody else's hands, you know? Um, so in that essence, I don't think it's, 
uh, a bad Chiefs. I just think it's, you know, uh, injured Chiefs um, and injured in the wrong place. They could have lost three wide receivers and been in a better position than not losing their left tackle. And, and left tackle, again, is one of the most pinnacle positions on the football field. Um, moving the right tackle there. The guy, uh, Reamers, or Remmers, uh, he did a fantastic job shutting down who was in front of him. But it was the rest of the line. It was inside. It was on the right side. It was um, doubling up on that left tackle. You know, it was just and, – and the other thing I saw was that, you know, they the, the defense is winning five uh, – with a four-man rush against five-man blocking schemes. I mean, it was just – it was really tough to watch, you know, I, and, and, you know, I was looking at Patrick Mahomes saying, get rid of the ball, you know, put it in somebody's hands, you know, get it out of your hands quick. But, you know, if you don't have that confidence that you at least have a little bit of a pocket to look down the field, you're going to be looking at who's running at you first. And I think that was just uh, pretty much the whole game where, uh, you know, he was ready to run. And uh, yeah, it was, it was very, very difficult to watch. There we go. All right, Rob, before I, answer the question did the left tackle get injured in the buffalo game uh yes they got he got injured in the last game they played right. he tore yeah. his acl because losing two tackles did did in, indeed hurt kansas city now for me i'm gonna go with great uh bucks um for many many reasons and here's reason number one uh their game plan they knew um in fact tony romo in, in all his brilliance um called just said screen pass sets up play action play action sets up a couple of deep balls if you want and and it was and it's crazy because they knew they're going to do that and they did it anyway and and screen passes help but screen passes have to be you know i mean it's weird because screen passes set up the running game instead of the running game setting up screen passes so they went screen to run to play action and, and it worked to perfection got leonard fournette you know 89 yards rushing you like that you know and and, and a bitty bone and a score um not to mention uh, 46 yards from, uh, from four catches in the air, uh, who could have been an MVP, just as just as worthy a candidate as MVP as um, Tom Brady was. I mean, you want to give it to the whole defense because, but but because it was a col a collaborative effort. It's like, how do you give that to one person, or how do you give, you know, sure. co or try MVP to someone? So Brady, I mean, it's it's really the easy way out because he's the goat, and he, you know, hey, listen, 21 to 29 and for three touchdowns ain't too bad either, right? You know, I mean, you don't have to. He's got 201 yards passing, but come on, 72% complete per completion percentage, passer rating of 132. Man, who who says you got to get 300? What the? He had 500 in a Super Bowl against the Eagles and lost by nine. So what's you know? So if those same people are like, bottom line, did he win or lose? They got to come with that same energy this time too, don't they? So it's that's true. reason one. Um, two. I mathematically counted the points that the Kansas City Chiefs missed. He did a nice rollout. Hit someone, I think he hit Tariq Hill right in the helmet. And then there was a throw where he was horizontal in the air about to get sacked. I mean, that's one of those things you just Diving. freeze it, you pause it, you make a still image and you move it to him laying on the beach or some crazy stuff like that. And hit someone in the helmet, in the end zone. All right, so take those two, those two scores, give it to him. Take the mismanagement, a clock mismanagement, it's gonna, we're going to talk about later in our to shame or not to shame, and take away a score. And mathematically, the Bucks are still up by one or two points. I think if you, the math says the Bucks will be up 24-23. So even with all of those opportunities that he could have rock starred 
they're still they still have to find a, another way to score and win and win the game and nothing's for sure because you, you we got to admit that they did take their foot off the gas pedal just running the ball at the end because that's the Arians way get ahead run the ball grind down the clock and and a combined 150 yards by Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette man that was golden having Rob Gronkowski back was golden which which is my reason number three it is the devil you know versus the devils you don't every single person Tom Brady recruited this season to bring in produced Every single person, he burned in Antonio Brown, who was the biggest problem child, who, who even Bruce Arians said he's not a fit for our team. That's, that's code for I wouldn't touch this dude with a 10-foot pole, all right? Brings in Antonio Brown, he produces. Uh, brings in Gronkowski. For, for, those, for moments like this, where he could rest for two weeks, come fresh, use his big body, two scores, uh, uh, 67 yards receiving and two, two whatever, another MVP candidate. Just the right place, right time. So I go more um, great bucks just out coaching a great coaching staff in Andy Reid. You, you, me, me and you got some. We, we rub each other the wrong way in Andy Reid, but he does have the enemy and he did have Spagnolo. But great, it was a great uh, uh, um, behind-the-scenes coaching coaching thing and a big, big gaffe we'll talk about later on the Chiefs part, which 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 – I don't know. I think really cost them a touchdown. It could. I mean, it was a difference between four more points and three uh, and, uh, and seven. Uh, three more points and seven points. Yeah. So. And when you go into the halftime, you know, yeah. you, you want to have some sort of momentum or stopping their momentum. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to give them a score or give them a chance, even for a field goal. You know, that's just crazy. And last but not least, the elephant in the room, the defense. The defense by the Tampa Bay Bucks. Jim, Jason Pierre-Paul, active. Um, Barrett, of course, the same active person he was against Rodgers and the same active person he was in, in, in the um, the, the Saints game. Washington, I forget because everybody's like, oh, Washington had the best defense in the NFL, but be honest, guys. No one in this room or outside of this room picked Washington to beat Tampa Bay, right? It wasn't a pick That was, you know, they came in as the favorite. It was, In fact, it was the only game playoff game they came in as a favorite. So, yeah, big up to the secondary, staying in Tariq's face. They played man defense. Had a guy over the top for Tariq, and they direct, and and kept Tariq in front of them and dared to beat him in the middle. Um, Kelsey, they were like, if he catches it or doesn't, we make sure he doesn't get that that yak. You know about that yak, right? That yards after the That's catch. Right. Uh, he, That's right. Kelsey did get his. He got 133 yards receiving off of 10 receptions, but we both know that could have been worse. You know, so Mahomes, come on, you you trying to tell me if I told you Mahomes was gonna get no touchdowns? The best offense in the NFL, we both agree, bar none. The the single best offense, running game, and uh, the fastest two mammals on the planet in Tariq Hill and whoever's behind him. Mahomes has got a great first step in twitch reaction. He runs, throws on the run, throws in the pocket. Um, of course, I, I believe runaway MVP um, just as much as he was two years ago. And if I told you they were only going to – Score nine points on three field goals. You would have said I was crazy. I picked. Listen, I picked Tampa Bay to win, but I, I ain't think they're gonna stick it to them like that. So right, defense, tough. defense. Yep. If if you got to give credit to the defense, if you got to give credit to the goat, and you give credit to all of these people that he brought in, every single person that he brought in produced in the Super Bowl. 
Think about that, you know? So yeah. so if we're giving kudos to all those people, I can't go bad Chiefs on this. I got to go good. I got to go great uh, great Bucks. Congratulations to Tom Brady. Congratulations to Bruce Arians, who, by the way, his next four assistants in, in the chain of command are all African-American. He has two other female uh, uh, coach. One's a coach, I think an assistant coach. So you got two female coaches that have a Super Bowl ring. Now you got four African-American assistant coaches, all of them probably in a year or two, um, um, head coach worthy. Todd Bowles could probably, he's back next year. He ain't going nowhere. But I mean, the Jets have to be kicking themselves on the butt letting, letting that dude go, you know? And I, I mean, I think though, still, Todd Bowles, the reason why Arians was saying, like, if it's, I want this guy is because he's an unbelievable defensive coach, you know? And he has head coaching experience, which just mm -hmm. adds on to how great of a defensive coordinator he can be. So Yeah, and maybe he is a better D.C. than a head coach, right? Maybe it's just about roles. I mean, that he ain't going to be broke being a D.C. and not being a head coach. Trust me. Mm -hmm. um, didn't have to worry about discipline problems too much. Arian lets tr Arians is very much like Rex Ryan where – he, he likes his players to express themselves aerodynamically on and off the field. But the trade-off is behave like an adult and don't, any, don't do anything to embarrass him. And some, sometimes players betray that trust and, you, and, and, and now you're stuck. You can't get rid of them. You got to keep them. And if you let them get away with it, they, you know, the, the more immature they are, the, the more they think they can get away with that nonsense. But Brady saves all. Brady's like when no one wanted Antonio Brown. Brady's like, I want him and he wants me. Please, Bruce, I got to do this with, with 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 our guy, and he's in. Um, Gronk was before he retired. He was running with a refrigerator on his back, and he was shaking from physical and mental stress. About you have no idea what this game is doing to me right now. Comes back fresh. So. Now, he, now between the coaching staff and the assistant coaches and the best quarterback of all time, they created this environment where everybody's like, I'll take a pay cut. What do I have to do to be on that team? You know, uh, Brady's getting a $25 million deal, which is $15 million less than Rodgers and Mahomes or whatever and a lot of people. But you think Brady's worried about money? I mean, Brady, listen, you got to pay him to respect him, you know, or whatever and this and that. But he never needed to be the highest paid quarterback to do what he got to do. And I mean, man, did they get the Brady discount to create some room for some of these people. Godwin mm -hmm. might be gone, but let me tell you something. They got they got Scott Miller who, you know, uh, disappeared in the Super Bowl, but you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to serve dividends. I was going to say Godwin who, I mean, honestly, they, you know, I know he's been, he was really good before Tom Brady came in and he was, you know, he's a very good player, but I really didn't even see much of uh, him, you know, making a, a large sizable effect uh, more than any of the other receivers this entire postseason. You know, um, you know, Mike Evans is Mike Evans. They're definitely keeping him, you know, Antonio Brown's definitely got a year or two more in him at, at a very high level. He's got a court um, and, date next December. Oh, this December, yeah, well, but I mean that's but, December. And, and, you know, <laughs> they have they have all the pieces that they that you need. You have great tight ends, you have solid wide receivers, and you have really really solid uh, running backs. You know, and just keep building that up. You know, there's a draft coming soon too. You know, we forget about that, so everybody's gonna get a little stronger. Yeah, I wanted to sing my boyfriend's back bigger than before, but I'm I don't know, man. I'm out of songs, man. Everybody knows how I feel about my my boyfriend Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> all right, Rob. Hey, let's move right along. We can definitely revisit this at some point um, in the podcast, but let's move to topic number two. Before I, I finish with topic one, I put uh, 
pandemic, um, no preseason. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> and no swan song because he's coming back next year and possibly the year after that. Brady and Gronk, 29 uh, a touchdown connection, 29 touchdown connection between the two of them. Breaks the Montana and Rice record. Um, yeah, big up to Byron Leftwich, And that's that's it. First double-digit loss in um, Mahomes' career in 54 yeah. starts. All right, boom, topic two. Um, before the next season starts, there could be as many as 18 quarterback changes in the NFL. That's more than half the teams. Highlighting the biggest question mark in Deshaun Watson and, and now recently Carson Wentz trade rumors with um, possible with a possible 18 teams that can make a quarterback switch, albeit backup or starters. What would be an ideal place for Deshaun Watson? Uh, what would be an ideal landing spot for Carson Wentz? Rob, you pick one. I pick the other. Um, well, I like uh, – I'll go with Deshaun Watson. Um, <clears throat> you know, I don't think a team would ever trade him within the division, so I want to stay out of the out of that area. Um, so, I, honestly, I really like uh, – I really would like the Washington football team to to get a, a real quarterback like that and, and start – you know, I think there's a lot of hype around that team. It's a great, like we are saying, there's a fantastic defense that they have. They have some really nice pieces. And, you know, they're all young. So you, the, the draft capital that you have is actually a little bit less uh, necessary for your team, you know. So uh, if a guy like Alex Smith can come in and out of nowhere drive that team to, you know, really solid wins against solid teams, get into the playoffs, honestly, that's all Deshaun Watson needs. Whether he needs to stay with that team or not, he needs playoff experience. And I think that would be a fantastic landing spot for him and that franchise. So. I would love to see that happen, and uh, they could definitely pull some more players out of uh, free agency if you get a player like that. So bottom line, you're saying Deshaun Washington said land where? Washington football team. Ooh, the Washington football team. Maybe they come to you to figure out a name, Rob McLean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got Deshaun Watson. I got your Wentz. The question is, where is he going to be buried or where is he going to flourish? I think think I like the Indianapolis Colts. Mm. He's in a situation where he has an ideal receiving core. The guys that aren't talented uh, work hard, and sometimes talent, you know, <laughs> hard work beats talent when talent refuses to work hard. So you got T.Y. Hilton's got another another two years left. He's got a very good uh, running game. Uh, uh, the, they got a two-headed juggernaut there. I had both of those guys on my fantasy team. They're doing it well. Um, of course, good um, coaching, at least certainly from the head coaching position of Frank Reich. And Frank Reich um, was his um, offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach right. when he yeah. when when the Eagles uh, won the Super Bowl. So he had Wentz and and Foles. So I, I really like Wentz. Ideally, to land in Indianapolis. I think the fans, you know, it's a it's basketball country, but he is the kind of guy that can make it football country. Like like Peyton, when Peyton Manning landed like there, Peyton, did, exactly. and Peyton uh, started winning, you know, thirteen games here, fourteen games there. Subsequently, to the Super Bowls, two Super mm -hmm. Bowl appearances. Um, if, listen, if they treated him well, they treated Andrew Luck like like uh, that well as well. I really, really like this as a landing spot for him. Yeah. I mean, it's I it's, it's perfect, actually, <laughs> you know. So. I definitely agree. Yeah, man. Well, God, what are the Jets going to do, man? They got a decision to make. I mean. I th think they're they're probably going to draft. Uh, uh, they're either going to draft a quarterback late in the first round, you know, move up. Or, you know, I think they should really stick with Sam Darnold. And I think this is what most teams should be doing is, 
It's not about if you have that quarterback, that franchise quarterback. If you look at all the teams we just talked about, it's about who's got a team ready for a franchise quarterback. Mm. So when you're not prepared as a team for uh, you know that guy, you can get a Deshaun Watson and you can lose a Deshaun Watson. You can get an Aaron Rodgers and you can lose an Aaron Rodgers just on the fact that your team is not ready. Your team is not ready to make strides. You don't want to waste somebody's 10-year career getting a team ready when you already have that superstar ready, you know? So just like the Texans, trade Deshaun Watson, get picks, get a massive amount of picks, get a, a, a decent quarterback and build your team so that when a, when a quarterback comes into free agency, ready to look around and who, who I really want to go to, that team is an, uh, an option, you know, and it's an opportunity as opposed to, Ugh, I don't want to go to Houston. You know, they can't even build for Deshaun Watson, who's a freaking unbelievable quarterback. How are they going to build for me? You know, so I think head coach teams like that, yeah. teams like that have a really, really tough, uh, tough road ahead when you have to build for years. Um, you know, and I mean, look at the Dolphins. You know, yeah, two years ago, you know, they were one of the worst teams in the league. Oh, gosh. That's all right. We got it. We got to do what we got to do, baby. Go ahead. Miami's one of the worst teams in the league. And now, you know, they got just enough draft picks where they just kept picking up players. They got players to come in. They worked with the players that they have, and they created a franchise that is exciting. You know, whether they have two or not, whether they have Ryan Fitzpatrick or not, their whole team is an exciting team to watch. So I can't wait to see what's going to come for that team in the future. And also, definitely don't be watching none of the Texans anytime soon. (laughs) <laughs> I think I want to give the head coach a shot. But, yeah, organization-wise, I mean, the guy says he wants to be traded. It's too bad. And the head coach, the, the guy took the job on the premise that Watson was going to be there. But I think our realistic nature probably says they're not going to let him leave you. I remember you were talking about that before the show. Yep, no. not, not going to happen. Especially if he's got a, a no-trade clause where he could possibly shoot down the trade. I mean, it's just – He's kind of shooting himself in the foot with that kind of leverage. You know? All right, cool. So, hey, let's move along. Topic number three, we go to the UFC. We got some big pay-per-views coming up to later, but we're going we're gonna to revenge and repair um, that in quick question. But for now, um, consolidating it to the double main event, I mean, I really enjoy watching Clay, Clay Guida and Michael Johnson go at it. I mean, both of them are long at the tooth, on, and they were both unranked. But you put those two of those guys who are wrestlers, you know they're going to agree to stand up and bang a little bit. But constant pressure of Clay, Clay Guida got him to nod 30-27, but that's not what we're going to talk about. Um, double main event, Alexander Volkov defeated Al- Alistair Overeem. And I mean, and when I say beat, I mean beat him down until... You know, until TKO, there was no no question, no fluke there, man. Big up! I'm so glad he got to face the one that wasn't a wrestler. You know, Volkov's like, wow, someone I get to stand up with. And Corey Sanhagen, what a big mistake pick on my 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 heart told me to pick Edgar. My head should have said Sanhagen because that guy, until he ran into Aljamain Sterling, and Mm -hmm. Aljamain came out of the block like just surprised him and submitted him, slept him actually. Yeah, Sanhagen's up. So. I'm going to go first on this. As to the question, and the question is this, who is next up for Alexander Volkov? And I'm going to go first on this, and I'm also going to put up the the, the rankings map just to give us a whatever. So if you look right here, there's Alistair Overeem. There was a true mm-hmm. five versus six. Now, Volkov fought Derek Lewis. And actually, I, th- I actually honestly thought it was ahead in the scorecards. And with like 20 seconds left, 
are just over 20 seconds left. Derek Lewis slept him. And that was slept the one where he was talking about, they're like, um, how come you took your, your, your pants off? He's like, cause my balls is hot or something like that. That was <laughs> that, was that, that was that, um, Oh yeah. That was that event. Uh, in fact, I think that was a Khabib and Connor event, but, um, I'd like to see him fight Derek Lewis again. I'd like to see him run that one back. Uh, ideally, I'd like to see that. Uh, Rosenstruck is is a kickboxer's wild dream between the two of them, and that's one you got to have that as a main event because I definitely want to see that for five rounds if none of, none of them are willing to give up the goods. Who do you like for um, Who do you like for Alexander Volkov's next match? So, uh, I mean, if we're talking about you know advancing his career, I think like we were saying he. You know, he doesn't have to face a wrestler. Uh, if he keeps facing wrestlers, keeps beating wrestlers, you know, why not go against Curtis Blades and see if he can really, you know, rise up the standings? Yep. But I also that would really be a run like back too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would really like a Rosenstruck. Uh, oh. I think that would be a, a fantastic fight. Um, I think, you know, it's really hard putting Rosenstruck against Francis Nganu and then him getting knocked out and then saying, you know, he's not really worth it. It's just Francis Nganu is just outrageous, you know, and Somebody put a wrestler against that guy because I guess only Stipe Miocic can, you know, make him look like a little child. Because the last time Stipe and Francis fought, that was horrible. So I, I wouldn't say that was horrible. I would say Derek horrible. Lewis. No, Derek Lewis and Ngannou was horrible. Yeah. No, nah, that wasn't a fight. That wasn't even a fight, you know. But, you know, for somebody to put their hand on the back of your neck and keep you looking at the ground for 25 minutes, I mean, that is pretty bad. You know, that's, or that's, how good is Stipe? <laughs> You know, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I guess everybody else is not that good of a wrestler, but man, let me tell you, that was, you know, embarrassing. So what, what I, what I see is a Rosenstruck um, and and Volkov matchup uh, and to see who, who gets that, uh, the loser of uh, Stipe Miocic and and Francis Ngannou. Yep. Uh, So as to our second match, I like that, by the way. Rosenstruck is like that's that's it's a kickboxer's wild dream. Jeff Samuels, if you're out there, I know you're a big kick, kickboxing guy, man. I'm you're probably saying the same thing. Um, as to Corey Sanhagen, who beat Frankie Edgar via high knee, I just it just broke my freaking heart. I'm, I know, you know, you've been talking about maybe you know Frankie should kind of hang it up to at least cement his legacy because sometimes you kind of yes. kill your legacy when you stay around too long, like BJ Penn, Anderson Silva, you know, and Silva, whatever, but. Um, only, I mean, just like those guys, only he can whatever. And he, he did what everybody asked. I mean, the guy, when I, when I was, I was a Frankie fan, he was 155 and he didn't have to cut weight. And he's like, Dana's like, oh, you should fight at 145. They're, they're too big. And now, oh, you should fight at 135. And now, you know, now he's racking up, you know, he's playing 500 ball at 135 right now. And, and, and he's got some pretty crucial losses at 145. And I, I honestly, I'm like, just like GSP, man, and some people just leave alone. Leave him, you know, leave him 155 and see what happens. But we're not talking about Frankie, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sad. I got to talk about him. But what's up for uh, Corey Sanhagen? I'm gonna give you, I'm a give it to you again. Awesome, yeah. Uh, for me, Corey Sanhagen, I would love to see Cody Garbrandt. You know, if you look up, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yes. if you look up at the rankings, you already have Peter Yan and, and Sterling fighting, and you know that's already set in stone. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Um, but yeah, I want to. I don't. I, I cannot give somebody you know straight out of the straight out of the uh, out of the blocks. Um, I cannot give. Cody Garbrandt. I know he's not even fighting in this division anymore, but I think that this is really where he, he's going to live because I think that Davis and Figueroa is going to kind of embarrass him a little bit. 
or Brandon Moreno, either one of them fight him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I think he, he needs to go back to the division where he came from. Um, so I, I like Cody Gobrant. I want him to be there and fight, uh, and fight for real. Um, and yeah, I think that would be a great, a great matchup. Uh, you know, a tough puncher against, you know, a really, really smart fighter. And uh, we'll see if skills overcome power and speed. Yep. I would like to see him fight the winner of Pedro Munoz and Jimmy mm-hmm. Rivera. They're fighting this weekend on the card, and that's going to be part of our quick question where we just start picking winners, these one-word answers. Um, but, man, Cody was my first one. But the question was, you know, and I, I'd like to think I'm neck deep in the, the UFC, but I, I just remembered Kobe, Cody was – flirting with like 125 or something like that right instead of yes. 135 or yes. something so yes. cody was my first one but if cody wasn't around definitely i'd like to see him um fight the winner of pedro munoz and jimmy rivera yeah. which by the way we both know is going to be a barn burner i mean that's going to be a good one boy that is going to be awesome and man we got a bunch of uh, good pay-per-views coming up we got israel adesanya <clears throat> flirting at 205 maybe maybe try to become a champ champ i think the fourth mm-hmm. one um in the ufc but before we get to quick question we gotta go to my favorite topic ladies and gentlemen (laughs) you know what's coming next i lead you to to shame or not to shame set this up and boom shame 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 Shame. Shame. So, Rob, to shame or not to shame? First question. The Chiefs call two timeouts mm. um, with under a minute left. Shame. Yeah. Gotta go. Go ahead, babe. <laughs> He's like, I'll leave. J- I'll leave Jason the rest of the time. <laughs> shame. Yeah, I mean, it's shame just because uh, you know how it worked out. I get what he was trying to do, but uh, I think that's when everything's you know going really well. Uh, they barely scored points. You know, I, I don't see where you think you're going to get the ball back and score when you know you've been playing the way you've been playing. So I think at that point, I think he was trying to do too much and uh, just not. Uh, yeah, definitely shame. Yeah, Rob, I got to go shame, 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 man. I think that's one of those things where you kind of outsmart yourself. If you if you already tell yourself it's going to be a low-scoring affair, you're getting field goals instead of touchdowns, you're down 14-6. Um, you're, even if you get the ball back, what, I mean, you know, to what end? It's it's one of those things where they kind of outsmarted themselves. If it were third and 12, like one of the, like a third and long situation, Rob, then yeah, I would I would say, yeah, call timeout. You know, or second and twelve call timeout, but he called it on second and one. So I gotta go shame, shame, shame. And Tom Brady was like, "Listen, what the hell, man? I'm just gonna throw it up because if I if they intercept it, fine. It's the same thing as a punt, you know. <laughs> but if I get a catch or or a pi, I got a shot in the end zone, and that's exactly what they got. They got a shot in the end zone against Gronkowski, and that was a twenty-one. And then it was it was twenty-one-six instead of twenty-one um instead of fourteen-six. So gotta go shame mm-hmm. on that. Second question. To shame or not to shame, I this is a bug out. Um, actually, let me let me plug it in first, Rob. Oops, actually, let's not. Let's go back. Whoops. So, Rob, basically, Antoine Winfield gets flagged for taunting Tariq Hill. 
um, gave him the peace sign. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know the story behind that, but yeah, I'll go, I do a little bit. I'll go first on this as far as shame or shame and no shame, Rob. Sure. Um, I got to go no shame because the first time Tariq Hill played him, he was he gave him the peace sign before he went into the end zone. And the second time he burned him, he did a backflip and prompt to uh, receiving like 200 plus yards in the first quarter and he's one of those guys that was, that was celebrating and sticking it to him and it was all fun and games and everybody's like wowed and impressed by Tariq Hill speed but to me if you dish it you got to be able to take it so what goes around comes around and I say no shame Rob uh you know I'd say shame just because uh at the end of the day if you have locker room material that's great but that should not be showing up on the field you know and the same thing with Tom Brady yelling at Taron Matthew you know, Ooh. it's great to show your team what you got, but at the end of the day, you could start distracting your own team by having those antics. And I think it's uh, especially, you know, it's 31-9 in the Super Bowl. You know, like, I get that you want to, you know, talk trash, but why don't you talk trash during the game and then, you know, be respectful after. Uh, if Tyreek Hill wants to, you know, throw low blows, throw low, low blows uh, during the season, you know, that's cool. But, you know, it's just I think everybody is should be their own person. So, you know, he shouldn't be reactive to that. It just kind of shows that, you know, he was kind of sitting on something from, you know, 10 weeks ago. So whatever everybody needs to, you know, be at the top. But I think it's a, a shame just because, you know, they could they could show class in a, in a, in a tough win like that. I agree. Uh, listen, normally we're both coaches, Rob. You're an active player, professional volleyball player. Um, I'm a coach and a commentator and I'm old school. For me, my first instinct is to coach, co- uh, to quote Coach Carter, since when is winning not enough? You got to show them up. You got to do all this stuff. But there was a, a guilty pleasure in me that nobody said that when Tariq was showing him up in in the middle of the season when they were, you know, when they were when he was just running roughshod on him. So to me, I think for the fans' perspective, you have to have a problem with both. I have a problem with neither, you know. And this guy that made a mental note and said, hey, you come with that same energy when the Super Bowl comes, when I try to take it out of your behind. So there's a guilty pleasure in me that kind of enjoyed this. And I call it, a, um, me personally, I call it a one-off in my psyche because I don't, I never like those things. I don't even know, dude, I don't even know why I liked it. I don't even know why I laughed at that. But it, it happened after the play. And um, thank God the penalty didn't cost them too much. You know, like it wasn't one of those things that cost them the score because it happened afterwards. So no shame. A uh, quick question: As <laughs> we're on your last cell on that battery, bro. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Quick question. Quick question. La la. Everything's popping right now. Quick question, Rob: Are the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl next year? Absolutely. Quick question, Rob: Are the Bucks? I don't believe so. I say yes to Chiefs, yes to Bucks. I said a week ago, I think um, um, Mahomes fixes it and, and then the passing of the torch happens next year. Um, quick question. Knicks acquiring Derrick Rose. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs down. Gave way up way too much for that. Thumbs down. This is the same guy that didn't show up <laughs> one night. And call. Last time he played with the Knicks, he no call, no showed. Um, quick question, Rob. Now we're going through the UFC. Let's start main event. Usman versus Burns. Give me one. I like Burns, man. I'm a Burns man. I like Usman. Macy Barber against Alexa Grasso. I like Grasso. I like Grasso. Um, Kelvin Gastelon versus Ian Heinich. 
I'm hoping Gaslam comes back strong, man. I, I mean, I loved what he was doing against Adesanya, so I'm going to go Gaslam right I now. I think Gaslam kicks um, Ian's Heinish. Heinish. Heine. Um, Heinish. <laughs> Pedro Munoz, Jimmy Rivera. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think uh, Jimmy Rivera. You I, know, I think Pedro kind of yeah. kind of brawls a little bit too much. Jimmy hits hard, but I like Pedro Munoz on this. Um, Maki Piloto against Julian Marquez. Oh, who cares? Oof. What? I don't even know who that is. I like Julian. I never <laughs> heard of Maki before. I'll go with Maki. All right. We heard of these two. Got to have some classics in there. Bobby Green versus Jim Miller. Yeah, you know, Ooh. I'm going to go with uh, with Jim Miller on this one. I'm going with Green. They both look good uh, lately. Mm -hmm. They both have been looking good lately. All right. So that's, that's the end of the quick question, Rob. Uh, before we go, don't have a lot of shout outs, man. The only, I guess the only shout out I got is Tom Brady because as a coach, as a former player and as a coach, we all wish to create environments where everybody wants to be a part of it and everybody kind of leaves the drama at home. It's crazy that you have all these strong personalities and it was pretty much a, a near drama free environment and the only drama perpetuated was by the media. You know, oh, oh, like Bruce Arian says, oh, that's Tom's call, not mine. Or whatever. Oh, is he throwing Tom under the bus? So a Brit Pretty much all of that was just BS, you know, kind of just media BS. But big up to Tom Brady and big up to um, the way he creates the uh, something we call the Patriot way. Actually, really just turned out to be the Tom Brady way. Next man up, you know, right? It's true. It's true. Cool, Rob. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I, I got to say big up to Scotty Miller. You know, what a what a what a decoy, you know, talking about Tyreek Hill and his and his uh, beating him in a 40 yard dash. He's the fastest guy in the field. And then he has one one running play the entire play the entire game. So, I think uh, you know, big up to Scotty Miller trying to get in the psyche of uh of one of the best receivers in the league. Scotty doesn't know that Brady and me <laughs> do it in our bed every Sunday. <laughs> I guess Scotty does know, right? Don't, we're all he talking does. about Scotty doesn't know. Go kick rock. Scotty does know. <laughs> Scotty does know. Scotty doesn't know. And that's how we finish our podcast today, ladies and gentlemen. For all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad at Starbucks, it is Sports Debate Tuesday. We're, we're off next week, or, or we'll make a judgment call on that, but we're, we're getting neck deep into the NBA and basketball and March Madness is around the mm -hmm. corner. I can't wait, and I hope to see you all back with us next week. Episode 54. That's Rob. Keep it McLean McLean. I'm Jason DeBellius. We're out. So long. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.